0: Welcome to episode 206 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. On today's episode, we preview week nine in college football. You can find this show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. And as always, please go share with your friends. We'd heavily appreciate it. And now, here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always is my co-host, Chris Mahler. Chris, people be cheating out here.
1: People be cheating. People be cheating. You know what this is? Let's just, I mean, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um... Yeah, people are cheating. People are cheating and it couldn't happen to a worse group of people. Because I'll tell you why this is so funny. Um, when this first came up, the stuff with Michigan, I genuinely was like, I kind of respect Harbaugh more. I kinda respect this program more because they were finally doing shit to win. And then <laughs> like all the stuff came out and it's been it's been incredible. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been so funny to watch because I've I've listened to Michigan and their fans like look down their nose on the rest of college football and especially SEC teams for decades. And and now they're in trouble or are they?
0: Well, my first question to you is, do you think this is like what kind of trouble do you think? Michigan should be in for this, or Harbaugh should be in for this. Like, what scale of bad do you think this is? Bad, real bad. <laughs> um,
2: let
1: me let me start by saying this. Let me start by saying this. Bad, real bad. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it is. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Like on a scale of like bad to real bad, it's like real bad. Um, because <laughs> it's, it's it's illegal what they're doing, like in terms of the NCAA. And I show on the NCAA all the time, but like, this is a rule. You can't gain competitive advantage by spying on people's games. So one thing that I, I, I hate, and I I kept bringing this up last year, let's not argue in hypotheticals. I don't want to argue in hypotheticals. Well, I, I, something I found out about myself, Tyler, and I'll just admit it to the world. I kind of like arguing in hypotheticals, but it's not Alabama. So (laughs) (laughs) let's argue in hypotheticals for a second. And let's just be honest. Because if this was Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, I think the like Michigan fans and the collective cultural world would be losing their minds. And it's funny for so many reasons because, like, one, why, why do you need to cheat? You play one of the easiest schedules in the country. And that, like, right now, they're, you know, do you know what their strength, their strength of schedule is right now? I
0: don't. I'm gonna take 119th. A guess.
1: 110th you want to guess what Georgia says 119th 109th ah okay those are your top two teams it's almost November yep Yep. and Georgia fans before you start getting into because I saw it today on Twitter they're like well wait wait till after the next four weeks it's almost November and it's a (laughs) hundred
0: they do have have the tough stretch of their schedule
1: oh yeah they got to play Mizzou at home right that's cool
0: Tennessee on the road Florida, what? an up-and-coming Florida squad.
1: <laughs> we'll get to we'll get the Georgia in a little while. Um, but no, the Michigan thing. It's like th- th- Jim Harbaugh said directly: "It's hard to compete or hard to beat the cheaters." A couple years ago, and and I mean, all this stuff about one. competitive, all the all the competitive advantage stuff. But they were they had the seventy fourth ranked strength of schedule going into the Ohio State game a year ago. We're going into November and they have the 110th ranked strength of schedule now. It's hilarious that you're having to cheat to beat those teams. Now, I will also say, like, I think Michigan's a good football team this year. The dominance they've had is is really, really impressive. They're they're averaging they they've had one team score in double digits against them, Tyler. One.
0: And it was ten yeah, points. I mean, it's not like, yes, the competition's not great, but still people that within your division and within your conference. So it's not like it's everybody's ball state, you know? Right.
1: But I, I, I don't know if ball state, state beats Michigan state. I'll just say that. I don't, I, mean, I don't know.
0: Um, but no, what's it's, spread it's on been on hypotheticals. We'll It's not Bama. I'm
1: totally fine with that. <laughs> um, no, I, I do think that this is really bad. And I think the optics ever are, are even worse because you've been cheating for what? Like to, you haven't won anything. And then you look at like, like you look at like what happens when you talk about them getting to the postseason and they're playing teams outside their conference they're not cheating in, and they get boat raced. And also, like... It is
0: odd that they just absolutely boat raced Ohio State back-to-back. Back. Right. That is odd to me. Like, I just... Ohio State is not that bad of a team. And they got boat raced by Michigan, and then they went in... What their next game? They had a tight game with Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but look, I mean, it, it's kind of been talked about ad nauseum already. But I'm kind of on the the side that everyone steals signs during games.
1: No, 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 no. Let me stop you right there. Not everyone. Okay. Okay, so so here and here's here's the worst argument being made. And our social media guy, Alex, Alex said um hold on. Uh, I'm having to lie to the, the GF and I haven't watched something on Netflix so we can watch it together. Hmm. Cardinal sin. Um, I Alex said was something said to say today, and he he's I love Alex to death. I know he's not listening. I love Alex to death. He does a really, really good job for us. Big Michigan guy. He's going through it right now, and I remember when I was his age, or even like if I was my age now, I would. I don't know how I would handle this if this was Bama. Probably the same way he is, and other Michigan fans are. Everyone does it, blah blah. blah. Well, here's the thing: if everyone does it, how come y'all are the only fucking idiots that got caught?
0: Like, well, there's a difference. I mean, to me, I, I, I've heard enough coaches come out basically that have been asked about this like norvell got asked about it today and he was like look sign stealing has been going on since the dawn of time Mm -hmm. but he's like when you're actively going to people's games and like staking out he's like that's unethical and i think that if that's true i think that's a very unethical thing to do and that's basically my exact stance
1: when i was when i was like a senior in high school one of my like jobs for like date night money My math teacher, I forgot his name, my math teacher my senior year in the fall would pay me 50 bucks a weekend to go to to whoever his son's six and under team was. Whoever they were playing the week after, I would go go film their games. No. I swear to God. I swear to God. I totally forgot about that until
0: like right now. What could you possibly be scouting of a six-year-old game? I, who the
1: biggest player was, and it was pretty obvious. It was like always some, like, like somehow like some five foot black kid, like that was like towering above everyone else. There was a kid from, from Collins who I think ended up going somewhere in college. I remember he was like this, like, like, I swear to God, he had muscles. He he was like this tall, tall kid. He was like number 48. And I was like, that has gotta be the best player. And I was like, well, oh, don't get ahead of yourself, Chris, scout him out. It's like, no, he's, the on your player. he's the best. It's. Not a single pass was thrown that entire year, Tyler. Not a single pass. Um, no, but, like, I, I do I do think you're right. I think the, it's unethical at this point because it's like no one else is doing that. And, and then let's also get into –
0: Except for possibly Dion, who was like, ah, I don't see the big deal here. Well, I mean like, any coaches that come out are like, oh, yeah, I mean, you still got to run the plays. So, it's like, to me, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, yeah, okay, so you're definitely doing this too. Right. Um, or you
1: go, or you're gonna start doing it, and you hope yeah. it doesn't get like completely banned. One of my favorite parts about this too is like just the hilarity of it is is so insane to me because because this guy is like I, I don't think he is a total idiot, right? Like like, but he's a staffer that was he's making like an idiot savant, money. huh? I think he's like an
0: idiot savant. He might be. That's yeah.
1: such a good like he's like he's Rain Man. He wrote a <laughs> 600 page manifesto about how he was gonna take over the entire program.
0: That's that's weird.
1: That's super weird. Also, like anytime you catch yourself writing a manifesto, maybe we take a step back and we realize, hey, yeah. like that's a bad word. Maybe we maybe we don't write the rest of this manifesto. Maybe we'd make it a manifest. Maybe we'd make it a manny and then we go get a petty and just fucking call it a day.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Manifesto, when you go when you get to the point in life where you're writing a manifesto, things have gone wrong somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere.
1: Yeah. Um I will, I will say it's fascinating for a lot of reasons. Have you seen the John Mulaney clip or from his new stand-up where he's talking about getting out of rehab? I have not. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you this question, but I don't think any of our listeners are going to be too shocked to hear in my 37 years that I've bought drugs before or done things that are illegal. And John Mulaney does this thing where he's talking about like, like, getting something on Venmo and he's like, it is astonishing to me that people, normal people are just on Venmo. Like Venmo is for drug deals and nothing else. And this guy was openly sending money. You know, here's the thing about Venmo Tyler. And I'm, I'm currently banned from Venmo because of my ex fiance. And it's a story we're not going to get into, but like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not allowed to be on Venmo. Um, and, there was like, there was something where like, like, like when you're using Venmo, you don't have to put any of it public at yeah, all. Right. Yeah, you, can make you don't it have to make a joke about it.
2: You don't have to be, oh, it's for sex or it's
1: for, it's for drugs. It's it's for, like, you don't have to do any of that. You can just keep it private and keep it
0: moving. This guy was and- sending messages with like, for the ticks and like the eyes emojis and like binoculars emojis.
1: <laughs> G-A, yeah. It's like, like the sp- did you see did you see the SEC Shorts video of today? Oh, no. Oh my God. I implore everyone. I know that like when you're done listening to this podcast, write it down. Or I mean, don't go do it now, unless we've already captured you as a listener and you're gonna come back. Um, but SEC Shorts, the guys like Josh Schneed and all them, put out a video of it today, and it was so fucking hilarious. Because like the whole video is like. It's like him, you know, telling these people that they're like, Oh yeah, it's like, do you have the money to buy or like are you ready to go buy the tickets? And they're like, Yeah, I bought a whole bunch of cash. I'm gonna buy it from a scalper. So no one has any there's no loose ends or whatever. And he's like, uh, ah, I think we'll just use my Amex because those are expensive tickets and we could use the sky miles. Um, hold on, Drew <laughs> Butler's texting me. Yeah. I'll send the link at nine. Um, at nine. Sorry. But yeah, so it was, it was just hilarious that they went through it because it was like, I, I, I don't know what they could have been thinking, how this wouldn't get caught. Because here's the other thing, too, about Michigan. Now you're at, like, the, the top of the mountain. Like, of course people are going to try to bring you down. And I don't think it's sour grapes or bad sportsmanship or whatever from Ryan Day if he's the one that did it or whoever did it. Fuck em. like Like, listen, That's I've sat here and listened it. to people tell me that Bama has cheated for years about like I Alex said it is Bama does this they do way worse then fucking show me where show me where because th- that's the that's the best part is all of this stuff that Michigan has we don't like,
0: speak in hypotheticals we don't speak in hypotheticals on the show
1: we don't we don't speak in hypotheticals something we don't do <laughs> something we'll never do
0: so if you can't show us the facts then stop talking about bama doing this yeah
1: what I mean so what I've talked way too much already because I'm I'm all hyper what what did what do you think about this what do you think the 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 what do you call it should be the punishment?
0: I mean, it's tough to say how prevalent this is. Um, maybe people are just way better at doing it. yeah, so I'd love to know first off, like, and we'll never know like how many people are actually doing this. But if he's like seriously like the rogue person that's been doing this, I mean, I think it's fair to say that you you have to be fired. I'm t- I think Michigan should be banned from the postseason. I mean, if it's a coach, though, see, like, uh, you know, you you get into these spots where it's like, okay, so Pruitt cheated and the kids that came after that were playing for Hypo those first couple years where they're on the band because of what Pruitt did, did, like nothing the kids did. Now, I guess in this regard, the kids would be involved. I don't know if they knew, but it's tough to to punish the kids. But if the whole staff is fired and it's a new staff, I don't know. I don't know if I would go ban.
1: You know what the best part about this is is that it's currently on the staff and it's currently the team that it's affecting. So you have a whole, you have a whole like I get the precedence of what you're saying, but you have a whole opportunity to sit here and be like, you know what? Let's go get the guys that are there
0: right now. So do it this year. I mean here's the thing though. You know how these things go. That this investigation is gonna not gonna take a month.
1: No, it's gonna take way too long.
0: Yeah, there. So you can't do do anything on hypotheticals. We don't speak of hypotheticals. I know the NCAA doesn't.
1: No, I will also say that it's a blue blood program, and I mean a top three, yeah, top five blue blood blue blood program. Arguably, outside of Notre Dame, like you take away Notre Dame, this is a this might be the number one brand in all of uh, all of college sports and college football. Yeah, Um, certainly in the top three, no doubt. Without a doubt, including Notre Dame there. Like, I have a very hard time thinking that the NCAA is going to do anything about this because it's Michigan. But I will also say, I think that you, I think they should, and and I think I again, man, I tell you what, if this was, if Saban got caught doing this, if Kirby got smart, if Kirby Smart got caught doing this, one of these, one of these people that it's like win at all costs, and you're. You like kind of like already got a bad vibe, it, it like with the media, or like a like a bad
0: um Jimbo. Like, what if Jimbo did this? Oh my god!
1: Jimbo, <laughs> it honestly would be hilarious if Jimbo <laughs> did it any more than anybody. <laughs> yep.
0: I wish oh, I dude, wish that would, it be... would have
1: happened to like okay. like who, who do you if you could if you could wish one person getting caught with something like this, who would, I, I would love for it to be like Brian Harson, and just so Auburn fans would be like, what the fuck could he have been
0: doing? Like even more <laughs> spending more time trying to cheat than actually like practicing for years right. or recruiting.
1: <laughs> He's yeah. just like, he put together this elaborate scheme, but he didn't go spend a fucking second on the road recruiting. Um, I, I will tell you, that's the funny part about this whole, this whole thing with like this sec shorts thing. Cause it ends with him like the incident of like breaking into the house of like who they, who they found out that was doing it. And it's, it's um what do you call it? It's, it's Mizzou. So that's what the that other part was pretty funny. Um We are, we've got Drew Butler coming on in about 10 to 12, 15 minutes to break down Florida, Georgia, Um, the band, strictly the band. Um And, and we'll get into that in a second. We've got, we got a couple more topics to go over before we get into it. Like, I say we skip Pittman. Let's get into this though, right?
0: Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Obviously we, (laughs) we talked about Dabo's press conference after the game where he was talking about the therapist being on suicide watch. Incredible. But within that same press conference, he basically said, yeah, look, we, uh, we called a run and uh, the quarterback didn't have a run. So, you know, I guess he thought maybe he could make a play. And, um, I hadn't seen the Nick press conference he had after the game, but he starts out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the video of this on YouTube. I think yeah. I can do that, right? Um, he starts off really. Okay, so we talked about this beforehand, and I kind of want to set the stage for this because I think you nailed it after I, I went back and watched it after you said what you said. Uh-huh. Like this kid's probably never been in trouble in his life.
1: Yeah, ever. He's,
0: Look at his fucking he picture. He starts off this press conference, and I'll only play like the first minute and a half because all we really need. Kind of all cheery, like joking around with the media, and then they start asking him questions, and they're like, "So Dabo just told us that he called a run, a straight run, and once he hears that information, like Dabo's basically sold him out to the media. He just yeah. becomes a sad, sad puppy. So let me let me share this. It's 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 kind of funny, and then we'll talk about it. All right, tell me if you can hear this.
1: All right. <laughs>
2: Is this after the game?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, Just trying to make a play. Um, If I had to play back, I handed it out 10 times out of 10. Um, But, you know, take full responsibility for that one. Um, Learn from it and, you know, keep going. So he's still not too bad yet, but this is when they tell him that Dabo told the media that he called a run. Davo
1: said it was it was supposed to be a straight handoff. Is that fair? Yep. Did you see something that said let me pull it
0: and see if I can make a play out there? You know, trying to use my instincts out there and just try yeah, to make a play. Um, saw something and they could drop job covering it. And- Dude, look how sad he is. Yeah. The, one,
1: the reason <laughs> why I wanted- looks like a young Davo. <laughs> <laughs> like-
0: reason why I wanted to talk about this is because. I think it's, it's, it's tells a story of a lot more that's going on in Clemson. I, I just feel like Dabo's kind of lost whatever he had going there. And these players, his, his own quarterback's not even trusting the plays that he's calling in and feels like he can overstep what the coaching staff is telling him to do. Yeah. And run a play on his own.
1: Well, so here's the thing, though. And this is the other part I want to make. Cause like my first thought was when I saw this was like, um, it's th- there's no way this kid has ever done anything wrong in his life he is literally dressed like dabo cosplay in that video like i mean look at his face
0: oh yeah just, he
1: just left a fucking young republicans meeting it has a 4.8 gpa somehow he's already got a receding hairline at 18 but it still looks good like he's no. de- he's absolutely destined to marry a tridelt whatever that means and and this kid like he seems like a great kid but like he's also a five-star quarterback that came from Texas, where it's very competitive. And I'm sure that that part of also Drew is going to come out at 9.15. So we have 19 minutes now. Got to fill the space, got to fill this, this airtime. Um it, it is <laughs> he just like it looks so bad. <laughs> like it's Halloween week. If you to, if you told him, like, hey, listen, we want you to get dressed in. Dabo cosplay and go door to door like do you think you could do it that's exactly what it looks like but so the the other thing is this so he he had he had his whole situation where he came as a recruit look at this guy in the background (laughs) zoom in on that guy this is bad radio or bad bad Yeah, yeah but like he came from texas ultra competitive Ultra competitive. And I'm I bet he like no matter how good of a kid he is, no matter how fucking all American that smile is, when you when you take the field, you still want to fucking win. And I bet he is tired as shit going out here with with this much expectation and what he came to Clemson to do, and then versus what he's getting to see and getting to experience. Because that part would have to be frustrating as shit. And in that part would bother me to no end. Because you think about the fact that like Dabo brought in Garrett Riley. And it's such a Dabo move. It's like, you bring in Garrett Riley, who is supposed to be one of the best offensive minds and most sought after, if not the most sought after, OC in the country last year. And you go out and get him and you go, we're going to run the Clemson offense. I guess my question for you is Clemson, is is like Dabo's entire legacy starting to take a bit of a hit? Because like, like, what coaching has he done when you look at like, well, they beat the shit out of everybody in 2018, including Alabama, but they played two ranked teams the whole year, and like they had Trevor Lawrence as the quarterback and like the best defensive line in college ball history.
0: Uh to me, actually, it it does downgrade him a bit because but it's more because look what happened when Venables left. Yep. And you know, some of those great coordinators they had Chad Morris at the time. Um and then <clears throat> you know, Brad Scott and some of those guys that took over for him. Yeah. That they were, they're not getting the recruits that they used to get. Um, specifically when Venables was there along the D line. I mean, they still have good ones, but it's not what it was. Um, and it'll be interesting when some of these, two of the best linebackers in the country that are upperclassmen, they'll be gone. It'll just be interesting to see when Venables fingerprints come totally off that defense, Mm Mm-hmm. That's what's saving them right now. Their offense is terrible. Yeah. Their defense has been pretty good still, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I always kind of thought that about Dabo before they made their run is like, man, I just, I don't see it with this guy. And he almost got fired. And then he brought in Venables. Right. And that's kind of how things, remember when they got smoked by like 60 points in the Orange Bowl?
1: By West Virginia, they gave up 70.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's when, that's when everything changed. They brought in Venables and like the whole culture changed and everything. And like, now you look at Oklahoma in year two of Venables being the head coach out there. They're making yeah. a run at the CFP. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, don't I,
0: know. I, I, it's been trending down for Clemson over the last two seasons.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um, all right, before we get in the games, you want to talk one more thing about, we should have done something Halloween wise. um, but we didn't. And I don't want to have yep. to think about it on the fly. Um, let's save the Heisman update for last. Um, at the end of the show. What do you think about that? Okay. All right. You want well, to get into some games? Yeah. Let's get into some games. Ooh. That's a good one. It's a good one.
0: Uh, okay. So this is number. I'm trying to get to the game here in the notes. Number eight, Oregon. Six and one at number 13, Utah, um, who I believe has two, one loss.
1: Um, I think one loss. It's kind of surprising they didn't yeah. move up, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, 330 on Fox. Utah currently plus six and a half at home, total 48. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Utah's only loss this year on the road at Oregon State, which is a, I mean, People don't just roll into Corvallis. Um I'll say who I don't I'm gonna talk about this for a second, Tyler. Oregon obviously dudes.
1: Oregon's really obviously dude. what? Do you know who rolled out of Atlanta?
0: Rolled out? Yeah. Back to Corvallis or that side of the country. Oh. Uh, uh okay, yeah. And Oregon, their only loss on the road at Washington. Yeah. Um I'm excited for this game, man, because I I feel like even still after last week when Utah goes on the road and beats USC and we know that you take out the COVID season, which the Pac-12, I think, played five games. Yeah, um, it was a weird season anyways. They've won 27 straight at home. And here we go. They're nearly a touchdown underdog in their building. Utah. The defense has been really good. They're fifth ranked against the run first and third down defense sixth and havoc great fifth in success rate allowed. I mean they've been incredible on defense yet again um obviously, Oregon has been relying on Bucky Irving at running back mm-hmm. last year against Utah. He only had ten carries for twenty yards, so they wrapped him up last year um I just feel like not enough respect is being put on Utah. I don't know if I can outright call them for a victory here because I like what I saw out of Barnes the QB, but that was against USC. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can trust that that's like him turning the corner. Um before I give my pick, what are you what are your thoughts?
1: So, I I kind of get this feeling that especially after what we've seen Washington do the past couple weeks. Washington got Oregon at home. I we're both very high on Washington. And I think they're yeah. very good, but you know how many interceptions Bo Nix has thrown this year? Probably not many. One. Yeah, they're they're a complete football team, and you're you're talking about like now we don't we don't talk about hypotheticals, but let's do it for a second. If Oregon goes into Washington and beats Washington, made a couple of mistakes that they probably shouldn't have couple of coaching decisions I'm sure Lanning would, would want to go back and have. And in most, in most cases, it makes no sense to go back and be like, well, you know, they can't undo what they, they've already done or whatever. But in this situation, you you might get the chance to, because you might get to play them again. Um I think that Lanning is going to have tunnel vision with this this team. And and I think they're they're probably on a mission a little bit. Um you know like like I think like Utah is a formidable opponent but this is such a good spot for Oregon because Utah is not, they're just not fully there because they don't have cam rising. And, you know, I I think that they, they were able to go beat a USC team on the road, which is impressive with a third string quarterback, but this isn't, this isn't USC. And, and, and like, I think it's kind of, I hate when people say this phrase, especially it's like the clown emoji, but with words, I think that USC, I think they are frauds. I really do. And I think that Oregon is not, I think that, Oregon might be still one of the top four or five teams in the country, in my opinion. And I think this game, and I've heard a lot said about this, and I, I agree with that. I think this game is the the catalyst for them going the rest of the season to prove a point, to try to get themselves into the playoff, and also get Bo Nix to, to New York.
0: Do you like him big? I wouldn't say
1: big. What's the line again? I'm sorry. Six and a half. Six and a half. I do like him to cover that. I I, I will say Oregon yep. – 31 to, to 20.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what I, th- that's kind of the way that if I think about this game, just based on the pure teams on paper and yeah. what I've seen of both of them, I would lean that same way. But I, I have to factor in that it, people always doubt Utah. This is a classic. Yeah. Everyone doubts Utah game. And it's like, Oh, Oregon's only a six and a half point favor over Utah. They're, or, you know, their offense is electric. They've got a really good defense. Like, this doesn't make sense. Utah at home, man. So, I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win. But Oregon 27, Utah 24. I think they cover the spread.
1: Okay. Um, let's go here next. Because I think this is interesting, too.
0: Okay. Ohio State, Wisconsin.
1: I thought this would be a much bigger game. And this is admittedly something, uh, just a little pill behind the onion here, guys. We didn't uh, we didn't really prep for this one. I kind of sprung this one on Tyler late, so we don't have to get too into it. Um, but Ohio state on the road, right. Mm -hmm. Um, coming off a pretty massive win against Penn state. Some people weren't impressed by that. I I was, I I thought it was a good win. I'm not going to sit here and get into the camp of like, oh, it was an ugly game. And you know, like, like whatever. I thought it was a very, very good win against a very good Penn state team. Penn state is still one of the only teams in the country that is ranked in the top 15 in both offense and defense in the country um and they are ranked sixth i think on offense and first in defense um or like second in defense something like that and so they're, they're both in the top 10 uh wisconsin is five and two definitely a team that's flown under the radar they have two losses one of them is to iowa um 15 to six i will say i've been a little bit disappointed in in some of in some of this team because I thought it was a team that could challenge. I, I still think they can win the big, big 10 West They're They're currently leading it, but like with the schedule and with Phil Longo coming up, I thought that the offense would be a little bit better than it has been. Ohio state on the road coming off that game, they're 14 and a half point favorites. I will say, I think Wisconsin covers that whatever the first half line is, which is probably about 10. I would definitely jump all over Wisconsin. Just like maybe it's like one of my locks of the week. Um, because I think they'll have that place jump it's a night game uh on NBC I will take Ohio State to win but I think it'll be a little bit more difficult um than than they realize I'll say Ohio State 30 uh to to 20
0: Okay So it's a 10 and a half point spread you're you're saying no, it's they go 14 right 14 and a half 14 and a half okay yep. Um what time is this game
1: 7:30 at night Ooh.
0: Yeah, that's a tough spot for Ohio State. Yeah, but I agree. There was a lot that went into that game. The only thing I'm thinking about here is Wisconsin. I, I I jumped on Wisconsin minus three and a half against Illinois last week, and they like barely at the very last minute scored a touchdown to cover that. Yeah. I, I'm looking at their stats here. The thing that scares me is I feel like when you're an underdog, you have to at least be able to hit the explosive play. And mm-hmm. when you're like a two-touchdown underdog, 129th in the country in explosiveness. Meanwhile, Ohio State.
1: Wisconsin is, is? Yeah. How
0: the fuck is that possible with Phil Longo? Well, I mean, year one, like, he probably doesn't have the roster where he wants it. He's got Tanner Connor. Mordecai. Yeah, but what receivers do they have? I don't know.
1: Tanner Mordecai sounds like the best flag football, like, like fraternity flag football quarterback yeah.
0: ever. Just a pike out there slinging it. Dude, he, was, um, he, played, he
1: played three years in high school, bro. He could have played here. He just hurt his shoulder towards ACL. I, and I,
0: I just think Wisconsin's offense is not going to be able to move the ball much on Ohio State. I mean, gosh, that's, that's a terrible. lot on the road, but yeah, I'm going to take Ohio State to cover. I, I don't know the score, but I just well, can't see Wisconsin scoring a ton
1: of points. Okay. So I'll say Ohio State. 34
0: to 17. Let me see. Let me see what the total is.
1: It's 50. So that's 51.
0: 40, 45 and a half.
1: It's 45 and a half.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take a 31, to 14. 30. 31 to 14. Yeah. That's what. Okay. That's my score.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about this for a brief moment because I think. He's not on here right now, so I'm going to talk some shit. I like this guy a lot. But I haven't seen Aaron Murray make a single fucking good point this entire season, and we're almost two months in. Texas and okay. BYU play this weekend. Okay. Texas yes. is going to be without Quinn Ewers because he tried to lower his shoulder in the last game on like third and short or something like that, or third and six, and, and, and got stopped. They're at home, and they're playing BYU, who is – um, I'm looking at the numbers right now because of course I'm not prepared. Uh, BYU is five and two, which I thought was interesting in and of itself. Um, it, not a lot of like they've lost they lost 44 to 11 at TCU and they lost at at Kansas 38-27. Their other they, they did win at Arkansas 38 31. Um, I don't think that they're a very good team um Texas is a 17 and a half point favorite though with Malik Murphy going at quarterback the thing that Aaron Murray said that this blew my mind was is this going to be the start of the arch Manning era what no well, why not? he's no <laughs> no absolutely really not I do know that uh, also BYU they um they they gained 301.9 yards per game.
0: Yeah, they're 128th in success rate, 120th in third down conversions, 112th in penalties. I don't I don't love I might like the under in this game.
1: You like the under? I can see that. The under is
0: fifty. Yeah, I like the under in this game because BYU also plays at a very slow tempo. Mm-hmm. Eighty-six in the country, they can't move the ball. You got a new QB, regardless of if it's Arch Manning or Malik Murphy or whoever it is. Yeah. We know it's Malik Murphy, but you know they're gonna have to. They're probably gonna have a conservative game plan unless they feel like BYU is bad enough where they can open it up and try to just work Malik in because he's gonna be in for a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Minimum. Um I'll take the under in this game. Well give me a fucking score. What's the under what's the over under? 50. You said that about the last game and it was 40. it really is I'm looking
1: right at it. <laughs> All,
0: right. All right. Let me go uh BYU 10 and Texas thirty six you're the
1: worst. Um that is the that is the, that is the worst. I'm not, I'm gonna tell you off air what I what I think about how you just said that. I'm gonna text you right now because I can't say it or I'll get canceled. Um, oh, that is man. that like that I hate the way you deliver that entire thing. Now check your text. Check uh... your um so I, I'm gonna say 3513. Um, I I don't think I don't think Texas is gonna struggle too much. They might struggle early, um, but they're at home, which they've done really well at home in. Um I I just I think that like, I mean, look at some of these games too Kansas 40 to 14, Baylor 38 to 6, Wyoming 31 to 10. I know it's Wyoming, but like is BYU that much better than Wyoming? I think it's gonna be a really, really good win um for Texas, you know, over a BYU team that's always gonna be pretty tough. They're they're always a veteran team. I think after the game, you're gonna see, you know. Malik Murphy with his brothers and, and looking over at the other sidelines, seeing some of those sister wives. And I think that he's really just going to, you know, be arm in arm with his teammates and, and swaying back and forth and really just soak it in, just really soak in the victory over BYU. You see what I did there? I see, I see. I'm talking about like when the Mormon. Yeah. Like do the, no, the penis. Get it. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, seamless transition from Mormon penises to Jacksonville, Florida. Let's get into the Florida-Georgia game. Okay. Uh, pretty massive game here. And, uh, like, both teams coming off a week off. Um, both teams still a lot to play for. Obviously, Georgia undefeated. Florida sitting there 5-2. and two. Initial thoughts on this game?
0: I'm actually kind of interested in it because Florida's quietly been pretty deep. He's in on offense, mm-hmm. um, and you know Mertz is third in the nation in completion percentage. So they're they they're asking him to do things that he can do, and they're having some success on that. Twenty second in the country in yeah in pass play success rate. Um, now obviously Georgia's strength is stopping the pass, um, and so. Where I think it's interesting is that, you know, outside of the Kentucky game, we haven't really seen a super impressive performance from Georgia yet. And that was with Brock Bowers. Um, and that's kind of been their identity on offense this year. Like, when they need to make a play, he's the guy getting the ball. Yeah. So, with, the, with your first game, first real game of not having him in there against your arch rival team that's playing a little bit better i mean Florida's five and two like i gotta give them credit they've kind of i thought after i saw them the first week with all the mistakes you know and and losing to utah without cam rising i was like man i I just don't know and then they get smoked by kentucky and they've kind of rebounded now yeah it's a little smoke and mirrors because i'm south carolina team that they had to rally to beat yeah isn't great no they're (laughs) awful so and turns out Kentucky's not great either. So the fact that they smoked you is kind of a bad sign. But yeah, I do like kind of where Florida's offense is headed. And I just think it's going to be an interesting test for Georgia, like more than we've seen in the last few years. That's kind of my initial read. What about you?
1: So that was like, I think this game goes one of two ways. And I don't want to give away my prediction by any means, especially before we get Drew on here. This sounds stupid, but like I'll say it anyway. This game goes one of two ways, and that is, enough dumb shit happens that Florida somehow sticks around and lingers and, and like is able to have like, you know, like I, I think you would have to have three turnovers. I think you would have to have three turnovers, Yeah, catch lightning on a bot in a bottle on like something like, whether it's like a blocked punt return for a touchdown, a fumble return for a touchdown, something in special teams or, def- or defense where you get at least six out of there. Um, Or like a flip field, like, really, really deep in Georgia territory, but I, I still think it's like three turnovers plus a touchdown on defense or special teams, like a non-offensive touchdown. Um, you know, this is the last team to beat them in the regular season, which I don't think matters at all. I've just heard it as a talking point all week. I don't think that that merch is going to come out here and, and throw a bunch of uh wheel routes like Kyle Trask did in 2020. I mean one thing that scares me for Florida is that like Kirby Smart hates Florida. Like he hates Florida and i will say that yeah. there is no there's no rivalry in college football that is more heated off the field than this rivalry i've never seen two fan bases go at it on a daily basis more than these two and i'll tell you yeah. right now georgia fans you're not going to want to hear this but i don't give a shit it would be hilarious if if florida won this game it would the it would be hilarious if florida won this game now i will also tell you when you said the smoke and mirrors thing i do kind of think that a little bit of of this this whole situation with florida is a little bit smoke and mirrors in terms of they scored 41 against south carolina and south carolina kind of sucks um is that where some of like the offensive numbers are coming from because then you look back at that and it's like all right well they beat vandy like a drum which they should have they got their ass kicked by by Kentucky. Um, and then, you know, they they played a weird one against Charlotte where it's like it was twenty two yeah. to seven. And they hit that big win against Tennessee at home. Uh, like I I don't I think that they're this is gonna be a game that like Georgia's gonna have to come out of the gates and struggle. I don't think the Brock Bowers angle is gonna be that big of a
0: But isn't that kind of what Georgia does this year? Yeah.
1: Right, so they got to do it again. So that
0: that part of the script is, I think, viable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't there, think the Brian Powers angle is that big of a deal. I, I don't like.
0: Who's the guy they go to in a? Let's say they start slow and Florida gets out hot and is up ten nothing. Who's the guy on offense that Georgia's turning to? That's like, all right, we know this guy. Is going to be reliable for us here. We're going to get a touchdown on this drive.
1: Stetson fucking Bennett. I don't is know. Do lab? you hobble? Do you hobble Brock Bowers out there with one fucking leg, like Lieutenant? You remember Dan? the catch you made know. last
0: year in this game? Huh? Remember the catch you made last year in this game?
1: I was high the whole game last year, bro. I don't remember anything. Um, I'm kidding. I was not, guys. Uh, I I do. It was like a circus catch that, like, yeah. yeah no, mean, but seriously,
0: uh, like. I'm not saying that guy doesn't possibly exist on the roster, but I don't yeah. know who it is.
1: Well, and my question is this, what is the, what is the offensive game plan for Georgia? Because their whole thing is about being balanced and and like, you know, running the football and being able to throw the football, getting it to a bunch of different guys. That's been their MO forever. Now, like like under I think,
0: I think you I think you lean on Dejon Edwards. I mean, he's been good this year, and he was good in this game last year. He had 12 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns in the game last year. Well, and do you,
1: you take the blueprint from what Kentucky's done,
0: dude? So here's here's where I think Georgia can. Re- I mean, Florida is 132nd in the country in rush play explosiveness allowed, <laughs> and 129th in pass play explosiveness allowed. <laughs> like you could just that gas them. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that that rush number is mainly from that Kentucky game, but. Yeah. I think in Deja- I think you can get if you can get Dejon Edwards going on the on the ground early, and you can open up play action for Carson Beck. Like, I think they're going to be fine. But if Florida can somehow stop the run, I they it could be trouble. I mean, I it could be a close game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking.
1: Oh, this guy always he's wearing a chain. Um, now let's introduce our next guest as. I used to like to introduce him as like the best non-Australian punter in in the country. I, he's quickly become the only Australian, non-Australian punter that I know. Um, <laughs> That's a good general. one
0: too. That's a I good mean, one it's too. kind of fair.
2: Um, Drew Butler, how, how, how the hell are you, man? I'm okay. I'm writing a list down right now. And I'm trying to think oh. to myself... Oh boy. How many fucking people Marler reached out to before he asked me to jump on this podcast 20 <laughs> minutes before
0: he needed me? <laughs> first, so I, have I have a list. You, I, have I a list. This
1: earlier in the day. I did this this morning. You
2: were the first person I reached out to, Dick. I have a list. Okay, here, here list. are the people Chris Marler reached out to before he texted me. Can you please jump on the podcast? <laughs> Josh Pate, Cole <laughs> Kubelik, Peter Burns, Alyssa Lang, the guy, the funny guy from the SEC Shorts videos.
1: I almost uh, texted him, yeah. The
2: dude from the Dr. Pepper commercials. Larry? And then the dog from the uh, Bush's Baked Beans commercials. That's what I have written down of the people you probably reached out to before you called me. Okay, first from of here. All, it's good to see
1: you. Great that, to see you. Bush's well. Baked Beans is a new <laughs> sponsor we have at the site. So there you basically. go. There you <laughs> yeah. go.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Um, yeah we actually i think we sold them on a puppy picks thing um that we were gonna we were gonna do with like the the dogs and and the games What's but, going no, on, we're happy boys. to have you here you I'm were here. you were i'm looking at the list right now um what is it you were 41 to 20 i'm just
2: trying to think of a score of when bama beat georgia that's all i'm trying to do i never played bama I never got to play out. Oh, oh two thousand eight. I was on the team. I didn't play in the game, but that that wasn't a very fun game for Georgia fans. Um, I didn't ask Aaron Aaron Murray over you. You didn't? Oh, no, wow. absolutely not. Okay, well there you go. I'm
0: here. <laughs> we just
1: got done just just razzing that some of his takes, but it was during the BYU Texas segment. So, gotcha. Yeah, it plays. Gotcha. Um. All right, we're talking about Florida Georgia, Georgia and. Florida. So just phonetically and alphabetically speaking, it's definitely Florida, Georgia. They have uh, more wins in the last 30 plus years, at least in my lifetime, which is where I want to start. I just
0: want to say that I'm not on board with this segment of the podcast. Good. Thank
2: you. Thank you, Tyler. And good to see you as well, my friend. Congrats on Florida State rocking and rolling
0: yeah thanks man that's awesome good to see you too
1: i texted him all right go ahead Craig. like 20 minutes for the podcast and i was like just to be clear let's make sure we say florida georgia every time And he was <laughs> like i'll just see you at 8 please stop that's great <laughs> um all right so taking us through this obviously you're a georgia guy um it's been kind of an odd season because they're undefeated but there are like cracks in the armor a little mm-hmm. bit like Overall, and I don't even mean the fan base because the fan base is everyone has fanatics. But like, what is like, what is the mindset or like the confidence level this year and compared to years past? Maybe of like how people around the program are feeling about the team.
2: Yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, I I think the general consensus will probably be that this year's Georgia team is not living ex- up to expectations. However, the expectations are so unbelievably high. Right. Um, and, and that's probably unfair to the players on the team, unfair to the coaching staff, because you're winning games. I mean, just six years ago, if you told Georgia, hey, you'd be 7-0 and heading into Florida, everybody would be doing backflips saying, hell mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly what I want. Uh, it's pretty clear this year that the defense is not up to par as to what it's been the last two years. And again, I will go ahead and say the past two years of defense at Georgia have been some of the most historically great defenses in all of college football. So they're chasing that standard, which is so unbelievably high. And then when you look at from an offensive perspective, what they Mm -hmm. were able to do, the creativity that they had, the explosiveness that they had, not only with Todd Munkin calling plays, but with the NFL talent that was on the field, Mm -hmm. you knew there was going to be a big turnover. And you knew even if they were averaging 41 points per game, which they're doing right now, uh, you'd have people saying this isn't good enough. So I think what's interesting is that the fans probably are starting to understand every single week Georgia plays, they're going to get the opponent's best shot. And every single week they continue to win, the odds of them winning the next week uh, go, go against them. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of fact, like the next stretch of four games, you know, call Florida, the 26th ranked team in the country. It's Florida, 26, Missouri, 16, Ole Miss, 13, Tennessee, 21, as it stands now. Like, is there a loss in there? And if they are away, will the field be stormed? Like, like that is what Georgia is fighting against right now. Um, and, you know, thankfully, Kirby Smart has built a team that can grind you down, wear you out and as a fan I'm putting my fan cap on if you tell me a team wants to run 60 minutes with Georgia I'd say all right strap it up and let's go see what happens uh, and I think yeah. that they probably feel that same way too
0: That's fair um we were just talking about before you came on the Brock Bowers injury obviously everybody's talking about it but I really do think it's a big deal because and I'll ask you cuz Chris and I couldn't really come up with a name like let's say you know Georgia's been getting off to some slow starts so let's say somehow Florida's up 10, 13, nothing to start the game. Who's the guy on offense? It's always been Bowers, yeah. right? Who's the guy they can turn to that says, all right, this guy's going to get us down the field. We're going to him, target him 50% of the time. You yeah. know, who is that guy?
2: If he's healthy, I think it's Lab McConkey. Um, yeah. You know, he has proven to be super efficient, crisp route runner, highly dependable when he's on the field, especially Gritty. in third down. Gritty, of course, right? Like, yeah. like all that stuff. Uh, great mental capacity. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. Um, Sneaky pass. But yeah, that one too. Arian Smith's got to catch the ball. I mean, the guy's yeah. been wide open downfield for a couple of game-breaking plays, and he hasn't been able to bring it in. Could he have that opportunity in Jacksonville? Sure he could. And, and those are the types of plays, those huge chunk explosive plays, that not only uh, give you a big lead in the game, it gets the offense great momentum. Uh, yeah. everybody starts clicking the defense is fired up the opposing teams like oh shit we can't keep up with these guys uh, so I think if you go through the air you start with lad because he he is so dependable um, and then I'd like to see one of these transfers step up coach smart continues to speak highly of Ra Ra thomas and dominic lovett I know they've been getting a little bit more implemented in the game plan but there are a lot of toys on Georgia's offense I'm I'm fascinated to find out what identity they take through these next four games without Brock Mm -hmm. Bowers. Um, Will they just go in the trenches and start running the ball in between the tackles and say, we dare you to beat us that way. They, they very well may could, or will they go five wide and say, Carson can sling it. Uh, He's earned the trust of this team. Let's see what kind of talent we have on the outside. I'm excited to see, because quite frankly, I have no idea.
1: You know, I, I think, I don't think you, you stray too far away from that position either, because Oscar Delp is is more than capable of, of, of putting up some really big numbers as well. Um looking at Florida, besides their like the the mental capacity of their fan base, what scares you most
2: about this Florida team? <laughs> They've been highly inconsistent. You know, Graham Mertz, yeah. quite frankly, scares me. Now, now he's been playing very up. Or very down, mm-hmm. um, and he's trending in the right direction. But the fact that he's not exactly mobile, you yeah. know, if you look at what George has been um, you know, weak against or weaker against, it is that mobile quarterback who's able to get out on the perimeter or get the ball onto the perimeter. And then George's defense has has shown vulnerability in that aspect. You know, take what Devin Leary and Kentucky were, an undefeated top 20 ranked team. He wasn't mobile. Georgia swallowed him up and, and, you know, just took care of business immediately. If they force Graham Mertz into that type of game plan, I think it's going to be a a long day for the Florida Gators. The line is 14 and a half. That kind of shocked me too, Chris. I was like, damn, that's a lot of points. Georgia's won five and one against the spread. Do they have to have some regression to the mean? Do they have to start covering some games in order for Vegas to, to get back even? I would think so, but another thing too is is Kirby smart like he he hates Florida like he, like he's one of those guys that absolutely cannot stand Florida it's no coincidence that a lot of those leaked locker room speeches are from the games down in Jacksonville yeah. uh that's just that that's what comes from being an alumni of the school you know growing up in South Georgia and Bainbridge co- close to the Florida Georgia um he doesn't like the orange and blue and he's not afraid to let people know it so that that plays into the dog's advantage as well
0: we were talking to, you know, everyone's talking about how Mertz is like third in the country in completion percentage. But, you know, you, you start to look at some of the defenses that Florida's gone up against basically since they played Utah. Yeah. I mean, you, you had Tennessee when that was a great win, but then it was Charlotte 22 to seven. You played a Kentucky team that just ran all over you. That's right. And you only scored 14 points. And then you played Vandy and South Carolina, terrible defenses. And you, your offense looked good there. So we're on. It's almost like maybe a little bit of smoke and mirrors with the offense here. Ray
2: Ray Davis ran for 280 against Florida, right? 282. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that that's that's crazy. So I mean, would it surprise me if Georgia's like, "Hey, we're just going to run straight at these guys"? No, it it wouldn't surprise me at all. And when you break out those statistics like that, Tyler, and you look at who Graham Mertz has kind of quote unquote padded his stats against, yeah, it makes you think like, look, he hasn't seen a defense like Georgia. I, I thought it was crazy that. And, and I'm no guru. I'll tell you that right now. It, it, yeah, we, sorry to break we were saying to that, you. too, before
1: you came on here. You're yeah, definitely not. Course. That's one of the things we said.
2: <laughs> but, like, Georgia's defense against Vanderbilt to start the game, like, how they didn't just go press man coverage to start the game, be like, hey, you guys can't get off the line on us, and then we'll run with yeah. you. And you won't. Like, soft zone, and then they have a miscue, and uh, homeboy goes 65 yards to the house. It's like, that that shouldn't happen. So, right, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways Georgia can attack Florida this weekend. And I was with some Georgia fans earlier this week. Like, there's still that level of pessimism that is from the mid to early 2000s and 2010s of, oh, shit, it's Jacksonville. Anything can happen. And I was sitting there going, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Florida's playing pretty well recently, but Georgia's certainly on another level.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, So... This isn't going to shock you at all, but I didn't write down any of my questions. I have them all up in my head. It was a steel trap. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> no doubt. Spontane- uh, sp- spontane- uh, Spontaneity. Oh, yikes. Spontaneity. Spontaneity. Yeah. Creativity. There you you
1: go. nailed it. There oh, I mean, that was good. That's like a that Georgia education. Beautifully said. Um,
2: Thank you, Tyler. It's late. Um, it's late. What is your favorite Georgia,
1: <laughs> Fl- Florida Georgia line song? Oh, okay. I got a great story for you.
2: Yes. So I am playing in a charity golf tournament, the Caddyshack charity golf tournament, Uh, the Murray brothers. So Bill Murray's there. Joel Murray's there. John, Andy, the whole crew, Ed is there. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray, who wrote Caddyshack's awesome event every spring down at the World Golf Village. So Chris Seeley, who's a a huge Florida fan, huge Florida fan, tournament director, him and I have become really good friends over the years. So he's like, hey, come on down and play. You're going to play with Jesse Rice. I'm like, cool. I have no idea who Jesse Rice is. So walk in, shake Jesse's hand. He's a Clemson fan. I'm like, what's up, Jesse? He's a younger guy. Yeah. Look, this is a golf tournament where the number one rule is have fun. So we're starting to, you know, crush some beers. It's a beautiful day. Awesome golf tournament. And I get my speaker out and I'm playing music, you know, bro country, like whatever. I'm not a snobby music guy, Chris. Yeah. You know that about me. Um, so I'm like, hey, Jesse, what do you do for work? He's like, I'm a songwriter. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that seems like a cool gig. Do you have any songs that I would know? That That's an obvious question that you'd ask. He's like, yeah, I might have a couple of songs you'd know. I was like, what's your number one song? He's like, I wrote Cruise for Florida George Line. I was like, really? So I'm sitting there going, <laughs> this is like the third hole. I'm kind of like calling bullshit. I'm like, come on, dude, you wrote Cruise? He's like, yeah, you know the line, Jesse's getting ready. He's gassing up his Chevy. He's like, that's me. He's like, those are my guys. Oh, I forget their names, Tyler and Andrew, something like that. Jace. Um, yeah, Chase he's like – Jace
1: and, and bass. It's
2: like it's just – yeah. So Jesse Rice, awesome guy, great songwriter. Go check out his stuff. He wrote Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. He's got uh, a daughter or two kids and a wife, and he's like, you want to know what the uh, like second best day of my life was? This is when he only had one kid, and I was like, what? He goes, we got a phone call that Nelly wanted to remix Cruise – it stayed on the billboard top 10 charts for like an extra 35 weeks or something. That's... He was like, that was a great day. I was like, "Yeah, good yeah, for yeah you. Money. I was like, good for you. Yeah. So that's my Florida Georgia line song. So I'll go with Cruz. There you go.
0: Yeah. When I, he I,
2: said, when he go ahead, Tyler,
0: this is going to prolong the story, but it's almost too weird to even, I also met somebody that co-wrote that song. There you go. His name is Chase Rice. He's now an actual country singer. I was on a, a, a cruise, actually, weirdly. <laughs> not, Jesus Christ. I, come on, Tyler.
2: <laughs> my, my, Turn no, this into a comedy bit. I, this is not a
0: bullshit story. I was on a cruise my senior year of college, and we were at the pool, and we look across the pool, and there's a guy that looks identical to a guy in our crowd, so we're like, we've got to go introduce <laughs> these guys we go over there and my (laughs) one buddy is like, Hey, I actually know you from when I was a kid and it was a bunch of UNC white UNC football players. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he, my buddy in my group grew up with Chase Rice in Ormond beach, Florida. And so, um, we just hang with them for the rest of the time. And then like a year later, like I'm friends with him on Facebook and I, I see he's on survivor. He's like made it second on survivor. And then he becomes a country (laughs) artist and I found out he wrote Cruise, and I was like, I know this guy. Like, I tried to get him booked at Peachtree Tavern here in – uh, Peachtree
2: Tavern's great. In Atlanta. <laughs> All right, so here, yeah. let me just let me just give you a couple here. The song was written by the two members of Florida Georgia Line, Brian Kelly and Tyler Harvard, together with Chase Rice and Jesse Rice. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> We've corroborated go. our story. Uh, I, the I Nelly remix was released on this. iTunes April 2, 2013, to Pop Radio on April 16th. The remix sold over 7 million copies or something that so it's a good day for those guys this is crazy you guys aren't gonna believe this but i also
1: met someone <laughs> yeah. that wrote that song
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i bet you I did. know nelly i was actually <laughs> yeah. shopping for jeans with holes in them at a, at a hollister and mcdonough and one of the lead the members of the band was there
2: dude cruise <laughs> is the best selling country digital song of all time in the united states that is that's, oh, crazy. that's sick that's for me for so many reasons that's, that's sick there's like <laughs> a writing, couple of keep uh, writing jokes, it. Marler. One of them will hit someday. Okay, <laughs> just keep keep trying, dude.
1: I just need to get a catchy tagline at the end of my jokes. Like at the end of it, it's like instead of like the
2: little dude, I'd be like and cruise like repeatedly, <laughs> just repeatedly. Um, okay, uh, uh, you're a Chappelle show guy, right? We're now yeah, yeah. way off track. So yeah. I'm a huge Chappelle show guy. Yeah. All I can think about with the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey shit is the Dave Chappelle gets Oprah Winfrey pregnant skit. Remember when he gets (laughs) Oprah Winfrey pregnant and he's like, gotcha. He's like, Stedman, don't F this up for me. I mean, that's one of the all time great skits. And he's like quitting work and he's like, I'm done. I quit. That's just the best. I think I literally think Travis Kelsey's like got this long con to like maybe retire in a year and just marry Taylor Swift and, and be just ultra rich for the rest of his life.
0: I, I'm what like, an awesome thing to do! Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good for him. Like Gron- Gronk went porn star, yeah, right out the out the gate. Actually, I think right he still up, in yeah, the yeah. Belly did that. Also, when but, he was playing, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Gronk
2: was yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah.
0: I mean, T Swift's kind of like the the number one. How could you get better than that?
2: You know, it's like hey. And the same thing with Chappelle. He was like, you know, have a great have a great day at work, honey. Make sure you stay off your feet. You know, <laughs> Kelsey could be like, have a great tour. I'll see you in a couple of months. Yeah. Like he didn't have to do anything. I I, I will say that,
1: and, and like I know that like a lot of our audience is like SEC fans. I feel like these this is like a Venn diagram of the people that are mad about the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift stuff. Just just so everyone knows, and I'm not taking a stand either way, but I have seen Taylor Swift twice in concert. So I, I will say that that's it's probably rock. where my stance is. Um, my main thing is if you're tired of hearing about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Just know that that's how every single fucking person you interact with to tell you about your fantasy team feels <laughs> about your fantasy team. Yeah. Just to be clear,
2: we were um, I was at a birthday party this past week, and it's like, okay, let's just do simple math. Like, why they're beating it into your brain? The yeah. NFL's Instagram account has 25 million followers. Taylor Swift has 280 million followers on it. Right. Like, like yeah. that's why they're doing it. It's
1: not the math on it. It's fascinating how much money they've made off of it.
0: Oh, yeah, crazy. like Kelsey's Instagram followers have gone up like three oh, thousand percent something crazy. Their their podcast <laughs> so hit a, a
1: million subscribers. It's insane. <laughs> a million. There's a center for the yeah, Eagle they are crushing.
2: Nevada. If you haven't watched the Kelsey documentary on Amazon, highly recommend it. It's absolutely awesome. It's Love about Jason Kelsey last year, so. All right, we're way Should off track. we just track. Start, like, a pop Yeah, yeah. Podcast? Sorry about that. I just hijacked <laughs> y'all's podcast.
1: I, still, my favorite part of this entire show, maybe of any guests we've had this season, is when Drew started fact-checking you mid-story about your summer cruise. Like, I don't know there, was some, in, right? there were some plot holes in that, Tyler,
0: for sure. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, no man, he great. was I, I know, he was, too.
1: Like, I was on a cruise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a linebacker at UNC. towards tore his ACL his senior year, so he took up playing guitar. And that's how his country artists. I bet he was a fucking
1: nightmare to be around at parties that year. He tore his ACL and into his career and and picked up the guitar. How much natural light did that guy drink? Yeah, for
2: sure. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Let's get Drew out of here uh, with a couple more questions. Um, I mean, give us a prediction on the game. Like, like, well, first off, and I want to, this is twofold. This is twofold. So, what is your? This is like one of the rare old '80s games where your dad didn't kick like a 87-yard field goal to win. So, what is your what is your all-time Florida Georgia
2: non-playing days memory? Like favorite highlight? I got a great game. Whatever. That. Yeah. And Absolutely. then and then, what's
1: your favorite memory from when you played?
2: Okay. Uh, non-playing. 2012 was my rookie year. I was in Pittsburgh, um, and on the Steelers, Marquise Pouncey, Chris Rainey, oh, yeah. Marcus Gilbert. Um, who else is on that team? Another Florida guy. I was a rookie. Georgia was really good that year. Florida was also really good. And we were in Baltimore. No home against the Redskins. Can't say that anymore. Commanders. And they all, you know, there's such thing called locker room bet. Like guys walk up to you. If your team's playing their team, no point spread. They name the price, shake hands and you're on. And if you turn down a locker room bet, not, not a good look. So I'm a rookie. I got all these Florida guys just swarming around me, locker room bet, you know, 500, locker room bet, 1,000, locker room bet, 100. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm a rookie, keep in mind. So I'm sweating this game in my hotel room by myself. Jarvis Jones, Jordan Reed pops the ball out. We win the game. I'm going nuts. I'm like, dude, hell yeah. So I'm fired up. We go down to team meeting that Saturday night, and Coach Tomlin starts the team meeting by going, Drew Butler, stand up. And I stand up. He goes, Tell everybody how much money you just made on all these Florida guys. And I said, you know, whatever I made, and everybody cheered. And that's my favorite memory because it won me a significant amount of money. Uh, And those Florida guys are still great friends of mine. But playing days, 2011 was huge, man, because we won that game, and we knew we were probably going to win the SEC East. We had started that season 0-2. and We were 6-7 and the year before. Think about that. Uh, we rattled off 10 straight wins in a row. We won the SEC. East. This was the first time Georgia got back to the SEC title game since 2005, I think. Um, so that was a big win in Florida. It was highly emotional for everybody. Uh, fun victory for sure. Malcolm Mitchell went off in that game as well. He's a beast. So I have to say getting that win my senior year, that was awesome. Was nice. Cool. Well, give us a prediction, man, for this year. Um, and then – and you're like
1: – you're all over now, so tell everyone where they could find you Man. as well because where I usually find you is at about 11.30 p.m. when I decide to start bragging to you about my picks Um, for the day when you're like probably in bed and being an adult. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, give us the he prediction of the game and tell, us,
2: tell them where they can find you. 42-20 is my prediction of the game. I think Georgia covers. I think Georgia wins. Okay. Um, where can they find me? So, like, if you're in the Atlanta area, right after the game, SEC on CBS, uh, 3.30 this weekend, I'll be on Atlanta News first on the SEC wrap-up show. So, we hit the air depending on when the game actually ends. As soon as Adam Zucker, Brian Jones, and New Heisel are done up in New York, they throw it to us, and we have an hour on TV. So, that's probably nice. where you can find me immediately. Punt and Pass Podcast is everywhere you want to listen to podcasts. Me and Jake From, we have fun. We do it twice a week. Uh, I just recorded one with him before Marler started begging me to jump on here with him, um, and then I'm on 99, The Game in Atlanta, which has been a lot of fun, also. So, I'm everywhere. Just nice, man.
0: But well, we appreciate the time. How, much, how much live TV have you done? Uh,
2: this is my first foray into like true live TV, like being like an analyst, if you wanted to call it that. Yeah. Um, but you know, people people do ask me like, "What do you want to do?" And, like, I, I enjoy being in studio. I yeah. I, I don't really want to be in the booth. I don't really feel like i want to be like a color commentator or a play by play guy. I like being in the studio, helping drive conversation, kind of being yeah. one of those guys. So it's it's been a lot of fun. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Did you major? I, at, at I did. Or- okay. I
2: majored in journalism at Georgia. So. OK, you know, if that helps me at all uh, in some of these job searches, if you wanted to call it that, uh, I'll, I'll let you know, because it has not <laughs> so far. They don't give a shit. They're like, OK, you, what? You're a punter. You went to Georgia. What? No. OK, so you can see in the <laughs> so background. Dry, there.
1: I'm trying to show you. You can't really see it. because well, It looks not like what is that, it. a
2: baby crib in the background? What do you have going on over there? This is a day yeah, in my room. So shut up. <laughs> OK, <laughs> you didn't hear about us, kid? No, I I what do a, you have I'll going on? To there? Do that. What's on the screen?
1: That's well, what I was Wiggins. trying to tell you before you started being a dickhead about it. But I downloaded the app just for you. Oh, so sweet! I can watch
2: you on TV. Thank you, Marlon. I'll delete it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, oh, I'll be looking. I'll be watching. Yeah. And thank you, Tyler. Hey, look. Let me just say one thing. I think Florida State's going to the college football playoffs. So. But I hope right. Yeah. I think if out, did you see my, um, shout out to my interns on punt and pass. I had a little clip go like semi-viral 200,000 views on uh, Instagram. Sick. Oh, there
0: you go. You have interns.
2: Yeah. Uh, Grady School of Journalism. Shout out University of Georgia. It's a great hospital. Um, yeah. They send, uh, a sports media major to punt and pass every fall they get three credits and they run my socials and they cut up all my stuff. So. It's the best, dude. Oh,
1: that's oh, all. Awesome. Help us out. Let them yeah. Let him go over yeah, here. I want them our way.
2: Gotta have the inside
1: track, bro. Come on now. Uh, oh, I thought you right. were the inside track, but thanks for letting us down easy. That's nice. Um, <laughs> all the right, we got to go, go talk Tennessee and Kentucky and fucking the
2: trophy game between A and M and Carolina. So yeah, dude. Look, it, that game's fat I'm gonna let you go. That game's fascinating to me because if South Carolina loses, their season's officially in a total tailspin. Yeah. It already is. Oh my god. But if they win. Like Jimbo Fisher, that fire will will be God. so hot. I know it'd be crazy. Oh, so I'm fired really up fired I mean, Mike seriously.
0: Elko, is going to be the next uh, coach like at Texas a and wow. okay.
2: Yeah, and then Jimbo Dude, dude I was impressed coach, with Duke this coachee. weekend. I really was. I love it. All right, boys. Thanks so right. much for having me on. this This podcast is going viral. I can already tell.
0: Boom. <laughs> and when you love when it. you
2: um whoever does the post, whoever tease us in and out with a cruise by Florida Georgia Line.
1: <laughs> it's illegal, but we'll try our best. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Um, all right, that was fun. That was fun. Um, that was fun. He's great. Uh, I feel bad that he thinks I asked all these other people because I asked him first, and I also feel bad that I interrupted because I kept laughing so much that who his other um, people he thinks I invited were. But that was great. Drew's a, a good friend and really good at what he does. Let's uh, let's give some predictions for this game because we got we got we're an hour ten in and we got a couple more games to go.
0: Yeah. So I. He's got me thinking Georgia, but I I'm going to go with my gut here. Um I think Florida's actually going to cover in the game. I as a double digit dog last year Napier was 3 and 0. Um against the spread, 2 and 0 in conference. Um this is also a t- the start of a tough stretch for UGA. You've got this next week Missouri, then Ole Miss, then Tennessee. So we're about to see what Georgia's all about. Um and I I if you're a Georgia fan, you probably feel good right now cuz I've been on the wrong side of this Pretty yeah, much every yeah. time I've I've flip flopped, I I bought all in on Georgia, especially against Vandy after that Kentucky game. Took a step back, but when I was betting against them, they cover the spread, so Georgia probably covers. But I'm going to pick Georgia 31, Florida 23.
1: There's nothing that Florida has that makes me think they win this game at all. Um, Kirby hates Florida. I mean, hates Florida. Yeah. There's also been several times I can think about in the past where I remember being on shows with like Cannell and McElroy in like the summer, and and they would be looking at early lines like when 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 Circa would release like their their game of the year odds. And it's like what's the what's the lock of the year? And I remember three years in a row I was like, it's Georgia, like 2017, 2018, 2019. It was like, it's Georgia, it's Georgia, it's Georgia over Florida. It was three and a half one year, seven and a half one year. It obviously looks like Vegas is caught up. Right. 14 and a half is a scary, scary number. There's nothing that tells me that Georgia should lose this game. But it's been a while since we've said some positive shit about Florida. It's just been a while since we've said anything positive about Florida. And I'm going to blow up my load early on this one. Excuse my language, because there's going to be some opportunities coming up where Georgia's going to actually have to play some people which they haven't had to do all year. And if you want to say Kentucky is really good, you don't know football and you're an idiot. Um, There's that. Just also realized that this is stupid because Kentucky boat race, Florida, but here's the thing. It's a rivalry game. You're in Jacksonville. Yeah. Georgia has had all, all of like the, the recipe and like the ingredients for a recipe for disaster. And there's not a game that would mean more to whoever they're playing all year than this game against against Florida. And enough spooky things can happen down there in Jacksonville, especially oh, this close to Halloween. I don't think Georgia's that good. I'll say it. I don't. I, I, I will tell you right now, confidently, I am so much more scared of, of LSU as an Obama fan than I am of Georgia. If we get to Atlanta, we're beating Georgia. I'm not Ooh. worried about Georgia. There is. Man, we I don't think we're gonna get to news that. here, but I, I don't. I I'm not scared of Georgia. There's nothing that Georgia does outside of complain on social media that makes me think that they're an elite program. That's wow. the only thing they do elite, and I hope Ooh. this motivates everybody. This
0: is the clip. This I got is the idea. ID
1: in the upset of the century. Florida, wow, twenty eight to twenty seven.
0: You couldn't even say it in front of Butler. No, I won't this will not stand.
1: Over here with my little baby crib. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where are we going next? Let's uh let's wrap this up. I like we we can t- <laughs> I, I definitely want to talk about this game. Do we want to, okay, let's do this one real quick. This is all you. You go ahead.
0: All right. Nobody's gonna watch this clip on YouTube. Nobody's gonna watch this clip on YouTube, but it's fine. 12 PM on Fox number six, Oklahoma seven and O at Kansas five and two Kansas plus 10 total 65 and a half. Jalen Daniels doubtful to questionable to play in this game. Lance Leopold says he expects Jason bean to be the starter. Give me Oklahoma. They got the scare yeah. last week. I feel like Kansas, Kansas's defense is not great. No. Um. And I think you know the the OU defense is really good. They're susceptible to the explosive play, but Kansas isn't producing a ton of them this year. So yeah, yeah. I think OU got their scare last week. Should be focused in this week. Oklahoma thirty eight, Kansas twenty four.
1: Yeah, I think Kansas could see like I think that we could see a couple of 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 moments early where maybe they hit a couple big plays, maybe similar to Texas, right? Where it's like, oh, you look up and it's like they're somehow in this game but they're not doing much to make like to make them in this game but it's like 24 to 17 um i i like oklahoma i like oklahoma big what was the score you gave
0: 38 24
1: yeah so i'm going to take oklahoma 34 uh to 17 i don't think it's that close i think i think it might be closer like i said and that's about it um let's go do we want to do louisville duke cuz no one cares about that either i don't no. you know what i'll veto it we're not going to do it i made the graphic It doesn't matter. Let's get into the last two games and their sec games. Let's talk about the trophy game, Tyler, the trophy game. Did you know that Texas A&M and South Carolina play for a
0: trophy? I did not. Well, I wouldn't have thought that because A&M has not been in the sec that long. So did they just create a trophy for this game? They did.
1: They did. Um, also, let's see if I can find this i gotta show you one of my favorite one of my favorite uh pictures in the history of pictures um that that is from this like this is this is those games that they were like you know what like a and m just got here let's make sure that they have like a reason uh they they have something to play for this is this is my favorite picture maybe in the history of of rivalry Trip. is you ready for this
0: oh. What is that
1: he's got fucking gloves on, first off. <laughs> the bottom trophy, and this is your drunk history moment of the week. Let's talk about it. Uh, the bottom trophy, for those of you that don't know, you uncultured idiots, it is a trophy that uh has become the prize of the annual SEC cross-fit matchup between the Aggies and the Gamecocks. Um, this is my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing. This is an actual quote. As recently as 2018, several Aggies players and A&M officials were asked about it and its whereabouts, and almost all of them were unaware it existed. A&M won this for like eight straight years until last year when when Carolina finally won it. And I will never forget this: they asked Will Muschamp about it, and he's like, "I don't. We've never won it, so I've, I've never seen it. I've just never seen it." And then they asked A&M, like, "Where do you guys keep it? Like, where's? Is it in the trophy case?" And they're like, "We don't know." They, did, they, don't, they uh, didn't know the
0: where it was. was supposed to fill up? Yep. With championships? Ah, yeah. Never oh.
1: never miss an opportunity to be petty. Um, <laughs> one a I didn't even A&M put the bottom here. Hold on. This is, this is from an article in 2021. One a administrator said he had last seen it in
0: 2014. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um... This is an. Any, let me ask
0: you this: Do you have any interest in watching this game at all? Yeah, I
1: do. I do. I'm, I'm going to tell you why in a second. You do. Wow. Um, Bonham. Okay. Bonham was a South Carolina political aide who became a hero at the Alamo and was the natural the natural choice for the subject of an award linking A and in South Carolina. He was an 1827 alumnus of South Carolina and rode from the Alamo with Colonel William Barrett Travis uh, with his request for reinforcements, then returned to fight after the request was denied colonel travis was also a native of south carolina um so what happened to the sculpture of james bond reference creation for the aggies 2014 game against south carolina that's it okay well that's all that was it that was the whole <laughs> i thought there'd be more to it like maybe
0: he was a hero but that was the first time you read that huh
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Okay, cool. Came, <laughs>
1: came, uh, came prepared. All right, now here's the thing. A&M South Carolina. I went on a show today, and, and I got in trouble with South Carolina fans because I hurt their feelings by telling them exactly what their program is. I'm interested in watching this game for for one to two reasons. It'll be a more high-scoring like shit show. watching a car wreck?
0: Show. Huh? It's like, like watching a car wreck? You're like, yeah. You're like, I shouldn't be watching this, but I have to watch?
1: Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. This is like, you know, when you watch a movie, you're not supposed to be watching because you get in trouble. If your significant other found you watching that movie, that type of movie. And then it's over. And immediately as it's over, you're like, Ooh, why did I do this? This is that, but it's in, it's three wow. and a half hours of it. You're like, Ooh, this is awful. Wow.
0: Whoa. That is graphic. Descriptive. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Here's why I'm watching this game. I'm probably only watching the second half if it's close. And he- but here's why. South Carolina has a really good chance to do what South Carolina does best. And that is ruin someone's Ruins season. Some they they career. did it last year to Tennessee. Yeah. They did it in 2019 against Georgia when they when they went on the road and beat them. I wouldn't say it ruined the season, but you know what I mean. Um Carolina has a really good chance here to to get Jimbo Fisher fired. And I know that there's not a lot of positive things for this Carolina fan base or team to look forward to. Um, and there's not a lot of reason for optimism here because a coming off a bye week. Don't you have a Jimbo Fisher bye week
0: stat? Well, I don't have a specific stat, but it's been bad. It's been bad, right? Yeah. It okay. has. So
1: Jimbo coming off a bye. And instead of usually bringing the, the troops together, it's usually kind of when they fall apart. They also lost three of their front seven off a really, really good front seven. Now, this is a this is a defensive unit that leads the country, I believe, in, in sacks with 29, and Carolina's ranked 129th out of 133 teams in sacks allowed. That being said, mm. there's no That's reason tough. for me to say this. But I just think that South Carolina goes on the road and ruins Jimbo's life.
0: That that is putting the absolute dagger through the heart of a man who's already slowly dying.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna take. I'm looking at the number right now. Actually, I'm not because so I haven't pulled up, and we didn't look it up beforehand. But I think A and M loses this game, and I think that Carolina is so bad like staves off. I think that's a word. Um, losing their bowl eligibility for another week, and I think Carolina wins this game twenty-four to twenty-three.
0: Oh my God, that would be so bad for for. Yeah. What do you got you anything on that? I just don't It's 14 and a half for Texas A&M. Total 54. I mean, I feel like it, it, if I really was going to bet the game, I'd probably bet Carolina within the points. I, there's no yeah. way I'd take the money line. So, I'll probably go Texas. It's going to be ugly. Texas A&M 23 South Carolina 17.
1: Okay. All right. And your final game of the week. I'm going to give you, well, you start and then I'll, I'll, I'll break it down. Um, what Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee, Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee heads to Kentucky. Kentucky's coming off a bye. number 21, Tennessee off of a pretty deflating loss, um, to the refs. I mean, to Alabama, um, depending on who you ask, uh, Joe Milton played really well for 30 minutes of football. Now he's got to go on the road, um, a place where he's somewhat struggled, I think. They they lose that game against Florida. They lose the game against um, Alabama. Kentucky off a bye. We've seen Kentucky for seven games this season. It's a three-and-a-half-point spread. Kentucky is a three-and-a-half-point home underdog. Night game at Kroger Field. What do you think?
0: All right, so Tennessee – if I have my numbers right have they only lost this game three times since 1997 mm-hmm. okay Kentucky six and one against the spread against ranked opponents as a home dog the last five years seven and one overall as a home dog the last five years but six and one against ranked opponents against the spread I also worry about Tennessee's mindset in this game' um, coming off that. I don't know if it's like a, you know, you know, the old like Bama blows, like you're coming off the Bama game. A lot of times people physically were affected going into the next game. I don't yeah, yeah. I feel like Bama's at that level still. I haven't really looked at the stats for it this year, but, um, it just feels like this time of year is when you're always watching a Kentucky night game on TV and they're upsetting somebody at home. Um, Tennessee is 121st in the country in explosive rushing plays allowed. You can hit big plays against them, and Kentucky has done that with Ray Davis, They're second in the country in rushing explosiveness. So I think Kentucky's going to be able to keep this close, and and Kentucky was 4-1 and one against the spread off a, a straight-up loss last year. Well, they were straight-up off a loss last week, and they got boat raced by Missouri. So it's not going to happen again, right? Come on. Like they think they can get up off the deck. At home at night for an inspired effort against a division rival. I'll go Tennessee twenty six, Kentucky twenty four, but I'm considering Kentucky money line.
1: So you are,
0: yeah, because I just I just Joe Milton is just not good, man.
1: So I will build you up before I break you down, Kentucky. Kentucky coming off a bye, that's got to be good for them. Um, they're playing a Tennessee team that is a wounded, wounded animal, and we'll see how that they respond to that. Um, there have been a lot of blowouts in this rivalry, like you said, Kentucky and and Tennessee. Um, Kentucky has three wins in the since ninety, actually since eighty five, not ninety seven. They have three wins since nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Now, I will also say they've all come within the last um, thirteen years, and in the last, uh, let's see here, in the last three games in Lexington. Okay. Kentucky has won one of them, and the other two have been within uh, three to four points each time. So I'll build you up before I break you down. Kentucky is a shit football team. Kentucky is not a good football team. They are. They're not good. They're not good. And I'm tired. Of, I'm, I'm tired of pretending like oh it's a great story. So we have to pretend like just just because we like Mark Stoops, cause we do. Just cause we we like we like the running back, cause we do. Great story. Hell of a game against Florida. We'll always pull form against Georgia. It's it's a lot of fun. I think Kroger Field is an underrated atmosphere, all that kind of stuff. Not a good football team. And I'm tired of pretending like just because we like the story means we have to pretend like they have a chance to win this game. Because here's, here's a little spoiler alert for you, Tyler. They fucking don't. Tennessee mm-hmm. is going to go into Lexington and beat the absolute breaks off of Kentucky. B- Lock of the week. Lock of the week, wow. Tennessee, and you know I don't like to take a, a a point spread when it's this close. Lock of the week, Tennessee covers three and a half. Tennessee will beat them by at least fourteen points. And if you think that's crazy, here's here's why I don't think it's crazy at all. Josh Heupel is seven and one in the eight games he's had coming off a loss as the head coach at Tennessee. They have won those seven games by an average of 38.3 points per game. And in those eight games total, they have averaged 51.8 points scored per game. Tennessee will go in and beat the fucking breaks off of Kentucky. And they will win this game, I will say, 41 to 17.
0: Wow. That is what I like to hear a little confidence. Yeah. What was your score? Tennessee 26, Kentucky 24.
1: Okay. It's a little (laughs) different. (laughs) All right. I got to go watch Gotti on Netflix. Tell everyone where they... um...
0: All right. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. It would really help us in the growth of the show if you'd rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave a review. We will read the best ones on air. And like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Leave a message. 770-674-8233. Don't forget to check out all the videos and clips from the show on social media, on Twitter at Sat Down South, on Instagram and TikTok at saturdaydownsouth, and on YouTube, saturdaydownsouth. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Good luck this weekend. Call the hotline. We'll talk to you on Sunday night.